Welcome to a slightly unusual Barnhart podcast. This is Friday, December 20th, 2019, episode 99.9, which also is Anne's temperature right now. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to be doing a full podcast. Uh, Anne is, um, is it bronchitis? Is it a cold? Is there just general malaise? You I, were, think it's, um, I think it's a cold, but it's both up in my head and my sinuses and down in my chest. So I've got both the snotty snorting which is gross, and also the nasty rolling cough. So I I will be talking less, and Super Nerd, you should talk more. (laughs) And what I'm going to talk about first is the music we came in with. That is from the musical duo pronounced Duke. I think that's how how she said to pronounce it. Uh, If you have listened to a lot of the Barnhart podcast before, you've heard me talk about opera and my love for it. And after one of those uh, episodes, I got an email from somebody who is a professional opera singer. Literally has traveled Europe. I don't think she does it anymore professionally, but this is somebody who definitely knows opera inside and out as a performer, as a student, as uh, somebody who's passionate about the the musical arts and the singing arts. And she and her co-performer put together a, a Christmas music CD. I think it's all acapella. Uh, I've listened to most of it all the way through. Um, I actually, she gave me the option, do you want to download the digital version or, or, or buy a CD? I said, I definitely want the CD because then I can rip it to whatever format I want and put it on my phone. Um, but I don't actually have a CD player on my computer, so I use another one. I, long story short, I'm a nerd, and I have listened to most of it, and I need to finish listening to it. But uh, it's awesome music, and there will definitely be a link in the show notes for that. Check out uh, the CD from a wonderful musical duo called Duke which is D-E-U-X. I'm sure there's a, a, a double play on words in, in that, but um, definitely that's check French, that out. That's French for two, and that's do. And also, okay, it is tr- French for two, which makes a ton of sense, but to my eyes, I was also looking at it as being very close to the word for God. And I don't know if that was a, a reference there because it's all sacred music, or at least Christmas music. You should make inquiries. We should know how to pronounce. I'm, I'm sure I'll find out here shortly. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I made the comment before we started recording. I, I didn't mention the, the name of the album is Christus Natus Est. And maybe that's why, since they had the whole uh, reference to God there, uh, that I was thinking the name must have a reference there as well. But I was making the reference before we started recording that usually we don't have a title for our episodes until after they're done and we've had a chance to think about it and sometimes uh, sleep on it and then say, okay, this is what the title should be. But based on previous discussions, I said this, the title for this one has to be Simple Nonsense. Uh, what did I say? No, Simple Tricks. Simple, tri- simple Tricks, Nonsense, and Silence. And this is a reference to the first part, Simple, non- simple Tricks and Nonsense, is something that Han Solo says in the original, original, original Star Wars movie back from 1977, that he doesn't believe in an all-powerful force guiding his destiny. It's just a bunch of simple tricks and nonsense for him. And, you know, talking about simple tricks and nonsense, that we could definitely apply this to what's going on in Rome right now, but we're not. We're going to save that for another time. Um, the, I the... need to not have a fever when I'm ranting, lest, <laughs> lest, I, lest I get excited and say something that I might regret later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but we, seriously, we, we need a full 90-minute format to even begin to start talking about everything that's happened since the last podcast. And it's been a while for us. It's been like four weeks, hasn't it? Three or four weeks? I, let's see. I don't remember what day it was published, but I remember we recorded... Um, the last episode, which was an Ask Anne. We recorded that on November 15th. And, wow. and you made the comment that um, have it in the can in case um, some event of life occurs, which mm-hmm. it did. I'm sure all mm-hmm. of you remember just over a year ago, St. Tiny Princess um, became saint. Uh, she was no longer Tiny Princess. She became St. Tiny Princess. And on the anniversary of her uh, going to heaven, passing from this world to the next, we can announce that she's actually a big sister now. It wasn't. Yay. It wasn't on the anniversary, but uh, yeah, she was. She was a big sister, and that is the number one reason there's been a big delay uh, in recording since the last podcast. It's as you can, as you might imagine, it's pretty um, hectic. <laughs> Anytime there's a, a newborn child, especially when you have uh, a lot more other children as well. You you have one or two other kids, don't you? If I'm not mistaken, yes, one, one or two. Yeah, yes. one or two others. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Princess had a huge supporting cast as it was. So uh, yes. her her. Um, New little sibling it gets to benefit from that as um, as well, and 
Uh, I know I sent you the the birth announcement email. I was I made the comment that it was a thankfully a boring birth, and, and yes. as opposed to the previous two, we ended up in in the uh, neonatal intensive care unit before the end of the day. Uh, this baby was wonderfully healthy, um, no problems breathing, no problems with anything, and um, it, it's it was a huge. Of course, anytime you, you're able to assist, uh, cooperate with God in bringing new life into the world, it's wonderful. But in, especially when you've lost a child, and I learned this term, it's called a rainbow baby. And uh. the amount of healing that comes to a mom having a child after losing one, especially so, one so young, really can't be put into words. And there's probably some people listening who know exactly what I'm talking about because I've gone through that. But it is a immense grace and immense grace, if I'm being grammatically accurate, um, and and does more healing than a lot of other things. I mean, obviously, grace perfects nature and can cover all wounds, but having a new baby to hold in your arms, who, you know, barring um, a completely unforeseen accident, is going to be with us for a long time. That, yes. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great salve to heal the wounds of the heart. Well said, indeed. And I can only imagine that, um, especially for mommies, that it's a great consolation to know that after after you have a pregnancy and something goes suboptimally, um, that you, <laughs> for lack of a better term, all I can think of in my haze is is you're back up in the saddle again, and um, and you have the comfort of knowing that you know you're you're not you're not going to have children with special needs exclusively now from now on that that was that was just a one-off thing and now we're back to we're back to healthy babies now and that's you know i I, if i thinking as a a woman i would be very relieved if if when the next baby came and the next baby was 100 percent healthy that would be a huge huge relief to me in and of itself Absolutely. I mean, I mentioned that the, the last two births prior to the one that just happened, we ended up in the, the NICU by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the one before Tiny Princess, it ended up being a, a case where he swallowed meconium during birth. And th- this happens, or mm-hmm. as- aspirated it. And so there was a breathing problem. And it, it, it actually isn't that uncommon. It, it happens. Um, the baby goes on. Um, antibiotics is under observation if breathing assistance is needed it's given until it's not needed and that kid is healthier than all the rest he beats up his older brothers so <laughs> it's, it's you know it, it, it when 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 tiny princess came and we had to go to the NICU again it was one of those things that I, I remember you know the strange sense of deja vu and it being actually comforting to be there because the the previous time it was really intimidating it's like no this is where like the most impossible cases in the area go to, to do, this is like the, the tier one NICU for the region. And mm-hmm. it's like this, I, I was really concerned about that. And then I come to find out, it's like, no, it's just, this is the right place to go because they are really trained. And, and the right. the practitioner to patient ratio is very, very good and insurance pays for it. So take advantage of it. So I was thinking that had it not been for that easily correctable case before Tiny Princess and getting over my fear of being in this place, which is the tier one, regional NICU that I would have been all the more freaked out with, with tiny princess. And as opposed to being reassured that, Hey, she's in the hands of the best professionals within 500 miles. So, right. Yep. Big, big uh, consolations all the way around. And, um, well, on behalf of all the listenership, let me, let me offer you and your lovely wife and all of your, all of your family warmest congratulations on this latest arrival. Yeah, definitely doesn't uh, help to keep the the season of Advent quiet um, because <laughs> uh, obviously uh, the new baby is, is making uh, vocal demands for food and and um, somewhere to carry carry him as much as possible. So yeah, it's it's it, it's a happy noise though, as opposed to other things. And I, I mentioned the the silence also at the t- at the top of the episode. Uh, simple tricks, nonsense, and silence. Um, there is a, I think I've mentioned before, one of the podcasts which I listen and from which I've learned a lot about podcasting is a podcast uh, that's done by the co-inventor of podcasting. And it's called The No Agenda Show. And they do they break down current events. And it's, it's not the kind of thing where you want to listen to every single episode all the time because they do two, three-hour shows a week and there's just not enough time to listen to all that. 
But the first hour, every once in a while, if you're curious about what, for example, what's going on with impeachment right now, they're not going to tell you, they're not going to regurgitate what's in the network news. They're going to go to source materials and they're going to pull up some audio files you haven't heard before because the, the network news isn't going to cover them. It's not in their interest. And these are a couple, one guy is a, is a longtime tech journalist and knows the industry of journalism inside and out. The other guy was a radio DJ and MTV VJ before he invented podcasting. So it's an interesting pair. And one of the rants that um, the former MTV guy had was people talking about listening to, to the recordings of the podcast at greater than one time speed. And I thought that was funny because I tend to listen to podcasts at one and a half to two times speed, even Ben Shapiro, which at one time speed, he's too fast for a lot of people. And one of the things I, I noticed as I have noticed off and on, but ever since he started ranting about you know people listening at greater than, than one X speed is I wonder if there is a, a, a tie into not gluttony in the physical sense, but like a mental form of gluttony that what are the consequences of jamming information into your brain constantly? And I know that when I go through periods where I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks, uh, that even mundane things like if I'm going, you know, down to the to the out to the mailbox to, to get the mail or something like that, I feel this compulsive need to put on my headphones and pick up on the, on the audiobook. Like I've got to have uh, something going all the time. And it occurred to me this is not exactly healthy, and it also leads to situations where it's very easy to get impatient with people who don't talk fast, especially when you're listening to audiobooks at two, two times speed or faster, which you can do that on, on Audible, if you're, especially if you're re-listening. It's not too hard to listen to something at three times speed. You just have to pay attention. But it also, you get used to that. And if you've listened to the, actually, I'm probably doing it right now. If you tend to listen to things at higher than 1x speed, some of the consequences are you talk faster as well because you try to then communicate to others at the rate you're used to taking it in. And so I'm forcing myself to slow down at this point. You also get very impatient when people don't get to their point or don't talk fast enough or at a normal yeah. speed. I think and, that's the bigger problem, yeah. Or maybe other things like I'm listening to, maybe it's, it's a podcast related to something that's a professional topic and I'm doing dishes at home and one of the kids comes and asks a question, I snap at them sometimes like, hey, I'm listening to something. I'm doing work here while I'm doing dishes. And I realize that's not healthy. That's not good. No. So I've, I've made a, a point. Um, you've mentioned intermittent fasting before. And obviously, I'm making a strong correlation and connection between the physical appetite of, of feeding your body and the um, non-material or the, the auditory aspect of feeding your mind. If you are gorging constantly... What's that going to do to your digestion system? Well, for one thing, you're not going to keep it all down. If, if you gorge and gorge and gorge like a hot dog eating contest, you're going to end up probably regurgitating stuff really quickly. It doesn't stay in. You, you never have the ability to digest it and assimilate it. But even if your body does manage to keep it down in some way or form, you're not really going to get the best. You're not going to get an optimal... Uh, process of getting the, the nutrients out. Your your body's going to say, what do I do with all this stuff? Whether it's good stuff or not, it's just too much. I can't deal with it. And so you're going to end up with digestion problems, and I'm not a medical expert. Oh, we, all, we all know, but, you know, <laughs> people might be trying to eat or something, So we, but we all know what happens when you eat too much. It's, it do we need it to put comes a warning? out both ends. Do yeah. we need to put a warning on the podcast, don't listen while eating? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> all right, proceed, proceed. If we stop now, we're probably safe. Uh, so the, the point being is that there were, I, I wrote up an email as Roman McLean and, and sent this into the podcast and just with my observations and also referencing a book that I'd read probably at greater than one X speed in the past uh, called The Men, The Mission, and Me. And it was written by a former Delta Force commander. And he was going through this process of, they were trying to develop a plans for an operation and they were just constantly saturating you know themselves with as much information as they could get on this. And it was literally causing them migraines. And the Army uh, psych psychological officer at, at uh, Fort Bragg there, when he, when he hears the, this, this lieutenant colonel explaining this, kind of casually turns around, takes a, a book off his shelf, goes to a very dog-eared page, and says, here, read the highlighted section. And it goes over the processes of how the human brain assimilates information. It goes through three phases, saturation, incubation, illumination. And the point is you've got to give yourself constructive silent time or non-gorging time whether it's going on a run and not listening to something or doing some other activity and not 
actively taking in information. Give the brain opportunities to sort through the information, assimilate it, start making unconscious connections. And when you least expect it, if you're doing a healthy intake of, of information, you'll come to, you'll, you'll start making intuitive connections to the information, which is what they call the illumination phase. And that's why writers keep a notebook by their bed because they'll have ideas that literally wake them up and they need to write them down or they'll forget them. Um, and, you know, tier one special forces operators have the same kind of epiphany. It's like, oh, how do we sneak into some place where everybody wants us dead if they knew we were there? Well, they come up with some creative ways of doing it. And sometimes it's two in the morning. So, but the, the larger point there is you cannot constantly saturate. And so the, I remember an essay you had years ago, um, about taking long car rides and not listening to anything. And I've, I've thought about that too. It, 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 the, the, I forget what, what term you gave it exactly, but it, it's periods of constructive silence. And I'm sure there's more than a few people listening to the podcast, jumping up and down, listing, saying, hey, half of the church doctors wrote about the need for silence and here are the references. Please email those into the podcast, podcast at barnhart.biz, because I've been looking at the material uh, or or the psychological study side of this, I, I really ought to go back and look at the church doctors. Cause I, I know that nothing new about the condition of man, especially the, the condition of, of the soul, which the, in this context, the brain and the soul are, are pretty much, we're, we're talking about the same thing. There's very little about the operation of the body that inhibits or forces the soul to operate in a certain way. Yes, the, it's a mystery how the, the physical aspects of the brain do actually affect the capabilities of the soul. There is some overlap there. But more often than not, we're talking about faculties of the soul when it comes to how to, how to take in information. Once it passes through the ear and the brain can, can translate this into concepts, you're now just, it's information into the soul. And even at the spiritual level, I'm thinking there's something to, you've got to shut down and be silent for a while. Maybe that's why the church does silent retreats. Well, I mean, the other, within the context of the church, um, the rosary, and a lot of people who don't pray the rosary at first, they kind of blanch at that and they think, wait a minute, how can you tell me that praying the rosary can be this fantastic silent thinking time when you're supposed to be saying the prayers and focusing on the prayers? Well, I don't know how to explain it, but you, the brain has an ability to multitask on this level and you can be doing both things at once and you're not you're not praying the rosary badly it's not that you're not paying attention to the rosary but your brain is operating on two tracks and i think that there's a lot of examples of when your brain performs better when it is operating on true true two tracks and i think specifically right there's all kinds of research over the last 50 years bubbling up about that. And I suspect it, it has something to do with that, too. And then the other um, two paradigms that are secular, I think pretty much everyone can relate to. The first one you already mentioned is driving. Um, just that silent thinking time while driving is can be extraordinarily productive. And um, taking a shower, um, you know, that you're doing something that it's a it's a um, I don't know if it's this way for everybody, but it's this way for me. You have your, um, your, for lack of a better word, ritual. You do your things in the shower in order that you do, and you don't even have to think about doing it. You just, you get in the shower and you, you do your various and sundry cleanings and scrubbings and shampooings and rinsings and whatever. And you've got that, you know, 12 minutes or whatever it is to, um, to just zone out in a certain sense and think. And I did when I was when I was doing cleaning work, um, that too, you get into a rhythm, you get you have a routine or a ritual that you do when you're a professional cleaner. You start at this, you go that, da 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 da. And after a while you don't even have to think about what you're doing. And so while you're doing it, your brain is free to contemplate other things. I think it's absolutely critical. And I think you're absolutely right that nobody's doing this anymore. The, the sitting in silence, it seems to me that there are a lot of people today that have what could almost be described as a phobia or a pathological fear of just being alone in silence. And I think that's very telling. Well, and it's all too easy to pat yourself on the back if you your form of non-silence is learning something through podcasts and books and saying, hey, at least I'm not like the adults out there watching TV. But, you know, TV might actually allow you to do passive thinking. Now that I think about it, so who am I to look on those people? Who am I to judge, as somebody has said before? But uh, it's, it's certainly with you know no no 
all joking aside, to say that uh, modern society does not value silence, a dramatic understatement. Dramatic. Any, any, any place you go to oh, shop, yeah. you don't even have to go to um, upscale department stores is where, where this all started. Somebody would be playing a piano or something like that. No, every, every place you go to shop these days, you got music blaring through the whole store like, like it's a nightclub now. So, or maybe yep. I'm just shopping at the wrong places. So. No, it's like that everywhere. <laughs> so, so, yes, you're, so, you should, so you're going to link to the No Agenda podcast, and can you link to it queued up to the, the when they actually start, they read your letter and start discussing? Yes, I will link directly okay. to that. And um, like I said, it's a three-hour podcast. Um, actually, they... They are a that yesterday's was was a lot longer actually it was closer to four hours, and wow. if if you actually listen to the whole thing you're going to recognize some elements that I pretty much lifted and copied right from there. So for example, they they are donor supported as well, and so the context of value for value, uh, which the the co-host uh, got that directly from Andrand, Rand, but that's obviously a, an idea that works. Like if you want to donate, what's it worth to you? How much value do you get from that? Just Think about donating that to us, and and so that that's definitely one of the one of the ideas I borrowed from there. But also, just uh, there there have been some other episodes where they go into the, the meta details of how they put everything together, the gear, how they edit it, and all the rest. And that was highly instructive, uh, and definitely saved me a lot of time in, in figuring all of this out. And I mentioned um, at the top the 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 other part of the of the the title for this one, simple tricks. I'm actually, if, if you've noticed that the audio on my end sounds a little different again, it's because I'm doing a simple trick. I'm just using a plain old USB headset plugged into my laptop on Wi-Fi. I thought about tethering my, my laptop to my phone so I could I could uh, experiment with just how mobile could I make this. But uh, I, I've definitely um, obsessed in the past about getting my audio quality as perfect as possible and then realize it's probably not that necessary, even, even at a level like this. If you have you know awesome headphones and you have an ear for it, you can tell the difference in the audio that on my end. But do you have any problem hearing it? <laughs> yeah, it's a little tinny. You don't have the the bass like before. So I'm I'm experimenting with a a rational balance between uh, hardware and perfectionism versus just making it work. So. Do you remember uh, when we first started and you were talking about buying like a $5,000 microphone and not seriously. I on behalf of your of your wife was saying, "You know, I I really don't think <laughs> that would be a a prudent and judicious use of fundage at all." <laughs> but you are you are very very excited about audio quality. Well, it's one of those areas that it, it's it's very geeky and I didn't know a lot about it and I was I enjoyed saturating my brain with the information on that topic. And one of the things was what are the better microphones to get? Why do microphones cost 5, 6, 8,000, 20,000 dollars and there really are some that cost that much. And I did find the answer to that too. That the twenty thousand dollar Neumann microphones, uh, actually, the opera singer would know the answer to this one. Uh, it's it's their ability to capture audio at a certain range. So if I were to scream right now or yell as loud as I could, it would completely blow out the dynamics of the microphone, especially since this is just a cheap um, a USB headset. But it would, it would distort very quickly. Even a five hundred dollar microphone, if you sang very loudly in, into it, it would distort because it's not used to that kind of dynamic pressure hitting the diaphragm of the microphone. What makes the difference between a $400 professional microphone and an $8,000 or $20,000 microphone is that somebody who has really powerful dynamics, like, I don't know, an opera soprano. Yeah, or who, like a Whitney Whitney Houston who just shouted, yeah. Well, yes, not, not only tremendous amplitude, but dynamic range as well. And at certain pitches, you can literally shatter components in a microphone. Those $20,000 microphones won't shatter and it won't distort much. And yes, it takes very advanced German engineers and scientists to figure out how to make this, which is why those $20,000 mics are all carry names like Heil and Neumann and things like that. I know Heil's an American, actually. But they. I think that's racist what you just said, but we'll leave it at that. (laughs) It's nationalist. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else make good microphones? I don't know of any other microphone brands, so we'll, Germans we'll and Germans and Americans of German extraction, it seems. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm prove me wrong. I'm sure there are some good microphones out there that weren't made by any of the above. So, 
The point being is that I found a, a reasonably priced microphone at a much lower price point, and that's what I have been using for most of the last podcast since about three or four episodes ago, and I've been experimenting with doing it a little more simply. And I might go back to the same microphone, but a much simpler setup for the next recording. Uh, certainly can't do low audio quality for episode 100, and so since this, we knew this was oh, going to no. be a, a quick and short one, didn't want to make people think we'd forgotten how to, how to podcast or that we were giving up podcasting for Advent. Um, oh, no. Trying to no, practice no. more silence, yes, but um, definitely have been planning, shooting notes back and forth constantly, uh, saying what's the, what's the topic set for the next podcast. Uh, we were going to record a full-length one tonight, but Anne doesn't have the voice for it, or at least the, the endurance for it tonight. Uh, and, of course, the exactly. last couple of Fridays, I haven't been available. So we'll get back to it soon enough. And uh, Mark Doherty and I also, we want to, in the near future, do another one of our little discussions um, foc- focusing obviously on the anti-papacy and all kinds of stuff. And there's, there's another one we want to do um, that just <laughs> kind of depressing, but talking about um, homosexuality and all that, because again, it's been in the news and we have a whole, we have a whole list of bullet points and notes and things that need to be said. Um, so we'll look at doing that as quickly as possible. And I still, at some point, I'm going to um, get my videographer in-house and record the priestly celibacy video so there's lots of stuff there's lots oh and i have at least two more books um in queue that will probably be released by the end of january so all kinds of things all kinds of things happening no slowing down it just kind of life happened and logistics happened so oh speaking of life and logistics do you want to um give the the change of address for the sister servants of mary Yes, uh, we mentioned Tiny Princess earlier. I mentioned Tiny Princess earlier. And uh, if you remember the podcast from back when she was still with us, I would mention that uh, we got some overnight help after the after the um, the Novena de Saint Anne, as a matter of fact. Uh, mm-hmm. We we got um, overnight help on an almost nightly basis from the Sister Servants of Mary. This is a a uh, organiza- a a convent, an order. I guess is the right way to say it. Their specific mission is medical assistance, especially overnight care for people who don't have any other uh, family to help them out. They don't have um, sufficient funding to hire nurses or things like that. It's for people who have no problem taking care of you know their, their charge, like Tiny Princess, during the day when they've got rest. But if it's a 24-hour uh, a job, 24-hour day type of job, you will go insane. <laughs> I I have almost no recollection of July of last year. It was, it was that, that much sleep lost. And I'm not kidding either. I really don't remember the, the month of July. Somehow I got my day job done because they weren't unhappy with me, but um, I have no memory of what happened that month. Um, and then of course, once, once the, uh, the, we got the, the reliable overnight help, they, it was a, it's a night and day difference. Yeah, if you go if you go three or four days having very little sleep at night or very bad sleep and then you get one or two nights in a row of really good solid sleep you know what I'm talking about now just turn that up to 11 or rip the knob off that's that's what it's like that that's the situations where these sisters come in to help out and uh, they're uh, they do have a location close to me but I was told that a, a probably a better place to send uh, donations. I think, I don't know if this is their provincial headquarters for the U.S., but but um, I think this is where they came first. Um, if you remember the story of this order, they were in Mexico, and they fled during the um, the Mexican Communist Revolution, basically. When the, when the Cristeros stayed Freemasonic, and got... Freemasonic, yeah. Freemasonic. When, 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 the, when the Cristeros stayed and were killed, these these sisters left. And not out of cowardice, they just, we're going to, we'll come back when things are, are different, but we're going to go do our mission of mercy up in the Protestant lands of the United States. So they initially went to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. And so I'll put the, the address in the show notes. And for folks who have been sending donations through me, which I had recommended at the time, if you wanted to donate to the Sister Servants of Mary, the new address is 5001 Perlita Street, New Orleans 70122. And if you didn't catch that, don't worry about it. Just check the show notes uh, or on your podcast player. It should show up there as well. Uh, so definitely a new address there for donating. And um... and I know a lot of people are, um, especially now and very, very rightly so, they don't want to give any money to, you know, obviously the USCCB, the bishops, Peter's Pence, obviously you can't give any money to that. Certain parishes you don't even want to give money to. And you're thinking, okay, I need to, I need to be doing some sort of a tithing thing. 
even though these sister servants of Mary are, they are Novus Ordo, they're solid Novus Ordo, they would go, they do adoration, the sisters before they show up at people's houses to do the hospice or just the overnight care that they need, they spend an hour in adoration before, they're, they're solid, they're Catholic, and they're doing, they're doing something that, that uh, a religious order like this should be doing, namely, you know, tending to the sick. They're, this is, this is, you know, integral to the corporal works of mercy. And so if you're thinking to yourself, well, I look at all this corruption and, and all of this, who, who could I even give money to? You know, aside from the various and sundry um, Ecclesia Day trad communities, here, here's another alternative, because these sisters are, are really doing good work. And if you give them money, it's not going towards some damn social justice warrior there. Let, let me tell you, these sisters are not escorting women into abortuaries or any of that crap. They're doing actual, real, legit Catholic things in a legit Catholic way. And um, yeah, so give them a plug there. Yeah, you mentioned that they they do uh, like a half hour. It's, I forget if it's a half hour, or a full hour of adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, before they go out to their overnight assignment. And what the sister mentioned to me when when we were talking about this once is that part of the I don't know if it's explicitly in the the formula of prayers that they use, but part of the idea of this is as you are praying before Jesus in the the sacramental sense that anybody could do at an adoration chapel or any, any chapel where the, where the real presence is, they also make part of their prayer, when I leave here, I'm going to serve you through this other person. I mean, that's the whole point of the, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. You are serving Jesus directly through this other person. It's why if you give money to somebody at the end of a highway exit, you're giving it to Jesus to help this person eat. Maybe the worst, maybe not the best example because um, there are many known scams with with folks like that. But well, yeah, I was going to say you might be giving it to help Jesus get his next um, methamphetamine hit, which kind of you know puts a damper on the whole thing. And I've a, maybe that's we should do a that might be a subtopic we could do sometime. Is that's something that's always bothered me? That there are people that say, oh, you you should give money to drunks. You should. I'm like, no, nah, I, I really don't think you should. I don't think you should give money to someone who you have a high degree of certainty is going to go and turn around and do something horrible with that. If you gave them an actual cup of coffee, as opposed to $3 to go get a cup of coffee, that'd be one thing. And that's, that's another thing. When you are confronted with panhandlers and they're, they're asking you for money to get food, interesting thing, offer to buy them food. Say, well, we can go into that 7-Eleven and I'll buy you a sandwich. And Sadly, nine times out of, out of 10, they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. I need the money. I need the money. It's like, no, you just told me you needed money for food. I'll go in, I'll buy you a sandwich, and I'll give you a sandwich. And they, abs- they, they don't want it, and they'll stand there and argue with you. Well, what does that tell you? It means that at best, they want cigarettes, and at worst, they want alcohol or hard drugs. And so... Yeah, sorry. Which gets no. into a different class of, of uh, spiritual works of mercy for counseling and, and instructing the ignorant and so on. And, of course, those yeah. have to be done with, with the utmost of charity. I mean, if, if you're somebody who struggles with charity, work on the corporal works of mercy. You can do that and have, have a bad attitude internally just as long as you don't show it. But if you don't have manifest charity, it's really hard to do the spiritual works of mercy and get any profit from it. As St. Yeah. Paul says, if I have the faith to move mountains but I don't have charity, what's the point? Well said. So, okay. So, uh, yeah, that would be the topic for Sister Servants of Mary. And did you have any other topics you wanted to hit real quick or no? No, I just want to wish everybody a very, very, very happy Christmas and thank everybody for another wonderful, wonderful year of good times and hopefully quality content and um, (laughs) entertainment from time to time. And and, um, we are 1,000% go and we're going to tear it up in in 2020 and everybody keeps saying that a lot's gonna it looks like a lot is going to go down in 2020 so we'll have plenty to talk about 
Yeah, apparently they just impeached a president. Um, and I, I say that apparently because I wasn't even paying attention to the news until I saw the headline come across. Like, really? I didn't know they were voting. So uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming down the church well, as well. it's completely fake. Have you seen the latest? Nancy Pelosi, they, apparently they voted in the House, but she says, well, I'm not going to send the, the bill or whatever you call it to the Senate. So um, what that actually means is that he hasn't been impeached. He hasn't been impeached until the house document is is sent to the senate and i don't i it's just the most unbelievably retarded thing and i think at this point everybody's just laughing at this and you see people all over the internet saying you know i was i was ambivalent i was i don't really like trump but i voted for him just be just as a vote against hillary clinton and people those people are now saying i will crawl through broken glass to to vote for for Trump again after all of this, so it's okay. Just so two points bizarre. to bring out there with regard to Hillary and impeachment. Uh, first off, I kind of I almost feel bad for Nancy Pelosi because she was stuck in a very difficult situation. I mean, setting aside the fact that at the beginning of this uh, Democrat majority term in the House, Donald Trump was endorsing her as Speaker of the House, which I'm sure was the last thing she wanted. But she's stuck in the situation where all the social Democrat. Um, Social justice warrior Democrat, the, the social justice, what are the socialists, I think, whatever that group is that AOC is the nominal talking mouth for, they yeah. were clamoring and demanding we have to have an impeachment vote. And if you don't let us vote, we're going to hold this against you in the next election. And the, the Democrats won't forget. And Nancy's like, okay, but if we go through with this, it will blow up in our face. So it almost seems like Nancy's trying to have her cake and eat it too here. It's like, okay, I let you loudmouths have what you wanted. You got your impeachment, but if I don't submit it to the Senate, it doesn't actually happen. Kind of like if you hold a conclave, but uh, never mind. So if she has the, the paperwork, but she doesn't send it to the Senate, then the Senate can't then proceed to the trial, which then would would demonstrate that all of the charges and the supposed proof is actually pointing in exactly the opposite direction. And would yeah, blow and up Hunter, in the Hunter Biden, who is literally a crackhead, literally. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and you know, I could cite other things that it is reported now that Hunter Biden does that are just mind-blowingly. Maybe we can talk about that in the. Um, in fact, I'm sure we will use it as an example when when uh, we do the homosexuality podcast. Um, talking if you see about Hunter Biden, I was going to say, if you see Hunter Biden at the end of a freeway off ramp, do not give him money. Do not give him money, and um, it just goes to show that not all species of sexual sexual perversion are um, exclusive. Are same sex? There are opposite sex manifestation manifestations of intense sexual perversion, and Hunter Biden is, oh boy, that dude is messed up. And also, in case maybe someone didn't hear me the first four times I said it, dude is literally a crackhead. Um, he was kicked out of the Navy for testing positive for cocaine more than once. Yeah, I read something that said they don't throw you out the first time of the Navy that you test positive for drugs. You have to be a repeat offender to get thrown out. Actually, I think it was Hunter Biden. I know it was one of Biden's kids was thrown out for cocaine. It's Hunter he Biden, might, yeah. He might have had more than one who got kicked out for the same reason. Who knows? I don't know if the one that died of the brain tumor, I don't. I don't know if he was ever reported as on drugs, but Oh, Hunter Biden also had an affair with his brother's widow, which is while, while I think he was still married to his, while he was still civilly married to his wife. So yeah, I mean, these people are, are just jaw dropping scum. I mean, just moral degenerates. And if you have, if they do the trial in the Senate, Oh, all that's going to come out. Don't think all that isn't going to come out. So Oh, and, and yeah, that's why Nancy is not in a hurry to deliver the paperwork because the Republicans are just salivating at what they're going to be able to do with this. So she's, tr she's looking for a third option out. The, the precedent it sets here is absolutely fascinating. So you can, you can commit all kinds of massive felonies and then all you have to do is run for president and nobody, and if anybody tries to investigate or prosecute you for anything that you've done, you can just claim that it is... Um, election uh foul play that's that's quite a precedent that's pretty amazing so yeah i should try that in a different context sometime I, it won't work. <laughs> it won't work for me so the other point i was going to mention with regard to the impeachment 
is that across the par- across the country, uh, apparently there were impeachment parties going on, and they were funded by MoveOn.org. Do you remember why MoveOn.org began and who's directly connected to running it? Alinsky. It's it's a it's a years and years ago. It's an Alinsky outfit, but it was it was the Obama um, community organizing group, wasn't it? It started in 98 after Bill Clinton got impeached. And the whole point was, let's move on from this. We had the impeachment. We had the trial that didn't go anywhere. And it's the Clinton campaign organization nationwide who's organizing this. Don't don't think that Hillary's campaign organization went away and hasn't stayed in, in, in contact and stayed in organization. She's going to announce it's going to happen. Yeah, whatever, that's, whatever that's the, why she's having all the plastic surgery. Sure. She's yeah, getting ready to run again. She's, yeah. she's going to skip Iowa because she's never done well there. She's skipping New Hampshire because either Bernie or somebody's going to – she has no chance up there. She might even skip South Carolina. It, in, in terms of how late would she have to join to be able to get a broker convention, she'd have to get in before the deadline for Super Tuesday. And she could carry Super Tuesday easy. I kind of hope she does it, and I hope that – <laughs> I hope he can beat her again. That would actually, that would be pretty awesome. So, but it just just goes to show people like the Clintons. They they know they they are there's there's no level to the degree that they're they they are not unashamed of irony. They they, they use oh, no. the very group that encouraged everyone to forget about impeachment and move on to celebrate yep. an impeachment. <laughs> yep. Uh, that was fun when I when I when I realized that connection. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that. The only thing I can think about in all of this is there's a really good cocktail that's made out of peach puree and muddled mint, and it's really really yummy. So every time I see impeachment, all I can think about is that drink. But no peaches right now. So oh, although I guess you can impeachment. Do it. You can do it with canned I got peaches. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess you could whiz up canned peaches, but eh, it's probably better to wait until. Wait until the spring when some pre- peaches come into season. I was going to say this time of year, just hot hot tea, a little bit of honey, yeah. and um, a generous dose of elixir to help soothe what ails. Mulled wine, gluvine, yum, yum. Um, I think we pretty much got through our notes here. Um, yeah, that's simple a tricks. Well, there was there was a Star Wars rant in there, and long story short, Star Wars is dead. And and it was yeah. it was something where um, there's a phone ringing. That shouldn't there's be happening. <laughs> Sounds hey, like, this, that sounds like 1964. That's an awesome ringer on that phone. Um, it's it's actually a flip phone. Really? Yeah. Oh, it, I thought I thought that was a mechanical uh, bell. No, it's it's a, it's a flip phone in the, in the next room. It's the, yeah, okay. the the babysitter phone, and I don't know who's uh, calling it, but um. Anyway, uh, let's see, I was going to say there there was a Star Wars rant, so they. The, if you don't want to hear spoilers for the for the the rise of Skywalker or the rise of Soywalker, um, then go ahead and tune out now. But um, it's a it was a horrible movie. You're better off not seeing it. And they opened up yet another plot paradox or several of them. But for one thing, the Emperor didn't die. So what was the point of uh, Anakin's sacrifice at the end of of um, of, of the Return of the Return Jedi. of the Jedi? And um, Plus the paradox of now you can force heal somebody who gets stabbed through the abdomen with a, a lightsaber. Oh, well, shoot. Why didn't Obi-Wan do that and heal Why? Qui-Gon yeah. in the beginning? But one of the other things I was talking, <laughs> I was talking with, with a coworker about, about stuff and, and we're actually talking about the, the, the new series Mandalorian. And one of the plot devices in there is the special armor that the Mandalorians wear is actually somewhat resistant even to lightsabers. And we were saying, well, why didn't they use this stuff to, to armor plate their battle droids and, and during the, the different times when they had them? The, you couldn't shoot through this armor, all this different plot. And the more we got into it, we realized just the very fact that there were combat droids at all and artificial intelligence and cybernetics where you took the brain of an organic being and fused it with a computer. If you know the Star Wars uh, movies, there's this character, General Grievous, who was already a master tactician in general before he had a cybernetic upgrade. After the cybernetic upgrade, because of the cybernetic ability to sense movements of, of, an, of an enemy and recognize it and know how to react, um, he was able to defeat Jedi and even Jedi masters in direct combat. So this guy was pretty unstoppable as it was. What if 
what if we combine another element we've seen in the movies, droids that have shield generators? What if this cat had, had a shield generator? And then ultimately, you put it all together, what if Darth Vader had been given an upgrade system like all of this? You, if you've ever read the, the um, science fiction trilogy, The Foundation, or the Foundation Trilogy by Isaac Asimov, there's a character that shows up called the Mule who just throws everything into chaos. There's supposed to be this orderly, planned-out way to rebuild a galactic empire after after the fall of, of, of the first galactic empire, and they're well on their way, they're making progress according to schedule, and this mental mutant shows up and throws everything off track. There's at least three or four different plot devices that exist in the Star Wars universe that where you could do that, including time travel. Oh yeah, don't get started on that. Well, I think I think what it is is that, you know, it's a lot simpler than how we make it out. It's bad writing by people who aren't terribly clever and the only the only way out of things is to have plot holes that you can drive a train through. And yeah, that is a problem and everybody's standards are so low that they just kind of shrug and blow it off, but yeah, that's it's just sloppy, lazy, bad literature. And you I mean, and I put the word literature in air quotes. I mean, it's it says a lot about the world today and our generation and you know post-Western culture that that this garbage juice, this with these massive plot holes, this is the best anyone can do. They can't find anyone who can write something that is coherent and holds everything together and, and has any sort of satisfying, much less um, creative and inspiring and, uh, you know, cool factor to it. No, they, they really can't. Hollywood is just completely, totally unable to produce anything of quality at all. And yeah, there, there it is. And as you said, Star Wars is dead. Good. Bury it, walk away. Forget it. Move on. Uh, move let, on. let the past die. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, I will say that one of the good things that has come about from having these last two movies be absolute stinkers, and I say, you know, mainly just episode eight that that was such a, a bomb, is the Disney spends two billion dollars making and promoting this movie that lasts two hours, two and a half hours, but then you get hundreds and hundreds of hours of YouTube content from people who are very smart. And, and can can uh, break down. I mean, these are people who are novelists already, and, and and actually know about how to structure stories. And through watching some of their critiques and some of their other content, I've gotten very interested in, in creating and crafting, you know, storytelling. And and it's I don't know if it's, if I'll ever get to doing it, but I definitely appreciate the ability of what goes into structuring a story that goes over multiple books or, or volumes, and and you really have to plan the whole thing out. It's it's definitely something where. You have to be of the architecture school of writing. I've, I've heard that uh, fiction writers come in two varieties. They're, they're either architects or they're gardeners. And the gardener starts with the plot idea and just develops it. And doesn't, he doesn't even know at the beginning of the book necessarily where it's going to go. Whereas the architect has all the characters figured out. He knows the dramatic plot, plot arc of every character, how they're going to cross, why, and all the rest. There's bullet points for what's going to happen in each scene and everything. And then when all of that architecture is done and in place, then you start writing. It's a good way to do a logical. If you're doing something like Star Wars, that's the way to do it. Because you don't want to start introducing things in the fourth movie, which was really the first, which screws up all the logic for everything that follows. Which is exactly what they did. And of course, well, then, then, the, then the ninth one, you say, wait a minute, if that ability was there all along, why? Never mind. Just It's, it's a Marvel movie at this point. <laughs> Can I do the mic drop line at this point with regards to Star Wars? Quoting George Lucas. Jar Jar is the key to everything. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, these are movies for kids. No, I, I, Jar Jar is the key to everything. That right there, that tells you all you need to know. And, you know, if, if I were a parent and I had kids, I, I suppose I'd let them watch the, the first trilogy, you know, that, that we all had in, in 77, 80, and 83. Um, yeah, but I would just, I would, I would let them have that magic that we all had and then just kind of shield them from the fact that the rest of it even exists. And I'm certainly not going to be giving 
any of these people any money, especially now because it's Disney. It's not just that, I mean, it was, it was George Lucas and Lucasfilm before. He sold the whole mess to Disney, and Disney is one of the biggest um, pedophile organizations on Earth. I mean, it's, I now refer to it as Devil Mouse. I'm not giving those people any money. And the thing we, and we were kind of messaging back and forth about this is that the little baby Yoda creature is, I mean, just everywhere there's this baby Yoda thing. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, man, Disney devil mouse was, was set to lose a couple of billion on this, on this dumpster fire of a movie that they just put out. And you know what? That damn baby Yoda thing is going to, is going to, offset all of that it's going to offset all of it i mean they're still not making the two billion or whatever from from the dumpster fire but how how about we not give the money for baby yoda either and remember who that money is going to it's going to it's going to disney it's going to very very evil people with an overarching evil agenda and that agenda at or near the top revolves around the sexual exploitation of children. So just my little micro rant in my, in my fever swoon that I'm in. Well, we're going to see a couple of records I think happen this year with regard to Disney. They're going to lose more money ever on, on a star Wars movie than any other movie in history. And you're going to see more people simultaneously cancel streaming memberships as soon as the Mandalorian finishes than you've ever seen on any platform before. Yeah, because that's on that's on Disney's streaming platform, right? Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Oh, yikes! No, no way! I would ever give money to them. And what are people? People are canceling Netflix. Oh, Netflix has the some Christmas special, <laughs> Christmas in in quotation marks. Um, that's gay Jesus and the Virgin Mary is having an affair with the mailman, and I mean, they're just. I don't know. It's to the point where they're so psychotic. It's like the end stages of the war where, you know, Hitler was just saying, Germany's betrayed me, burn Germany to the ground. He had declared war on, on essentially his own people. And it's almost like they're to that, that we're getting into that phase where they're just looking to ruin everything. And they, they don't even care about the money anymore. It's just this demonic desire to just ruin everything. Oh, and then there was, um, the whole thing of having um, sodomite characters in everything, that's just going to get worse and worse. Um, did you see that apparently there was a sodomite kiss or, or embrace or something in the in the Star Wars movie? Did you catch it? I saw that there was a headline about that. I didn't go see the movie. There's there's no point in oh. doing it. Um, oh, okay. I thought you saw it. You were oh, talking I haven't, about no. you saw it. No, they, they've been... Uh, the, I watch a lot of uh, Star Wars channels on, on YouTube. Uh, not every every day or all day, but just there is a certain list of, of uh, YouTube channels that all they do is talk about Star Wars. And they've had leaks about this movie since the summer. And the big thing after the first, pe first people started going to, to see the movies is the leaks are all true. And they're, they're doing that scene with, with Harrison Ford in, in um, The Force Awakens. It's like all the stories are all true. It, it's true. Every, every, all the leaks were accurate. And they are yeah, horrible. I, did, I, I just did a search for Star Wars spoilers. And I mean, I did it yesterday. And so I, I brought up an article that it was 15 spoilers of the Star Wars movie. And if you read that, it's, a, it's basically a plot summary. And yeah, it's completely lame. Well, before episode eight came out, some of these same YouTube channels, they, they would give their, their warnings, hey, possible spoilers ahead just in case because we're speculating on what we've heard. I saw quite a bit of that, and then when I went to see episode eight, they were all wrong. It Ruin Johnson really did subvert our expectations, and yes, it's pronounced Ruin now, not Ryan. But yeah. um, they had it wrong, so they did actually keep the secret. This time, everything was out there. There wasn't a single plot twist that wasn't known ahead of time. Wow. Well, it's lame. Don't waste your money. That's my advice. Yeah. I think that's a podcast. And don't, I think it is too. I think it is too. Well, thank you to all the donors who have, who have uh, supported throughout the how many, two and a half years now we've been doing this podcast. Two and a half years, yeah. Um, definitely want to give a big thank you to Richard and Rick who sent donations in via the P.O. Box. Um, 
that option is still available if, if you'd like to send in a donation to support uh, the, the maintenance of the podcast. Uh, the address is at uh, supernerdmedia.com slash donate. And that's a site that I've is in urgent need of, of uh, a renovation. Um, another idea, because some people want to send uh, an electronic donation, you could send an amazon.com gift certificate. Uh, that's That uh, would be very fungible at this point because uh, it, we follow the, the um, I think we've talked not about this in the past. We, we this, used, this is just speaking about super nerd, not to me. Don't send me Amazon gift certificates. Thank right. you, but no. Yeah. <laughs> now that we we uh, right now Amazon gift certificates and normal cash for for uh, for budgeting things is fungible, and that always makes me think of of your rant article back when um, uh, Extortion Seventeen, uh, the the SEAL Team Sixteen, got shot down in Afghanistan back in 2011, yeah. and one of the admirals or generals or whatever referred to the SEAL Team Six unit as fungible with the Rangers, and you had a real problem with them saying that. And in terms of what they were doing that day, it was a quick reaction force. Yes, for what they were doing, SEALs really are fungible with what Rangers are. But in terms of how much they cost, how long it takes to train them, and how specialized they are, they're not fungible. But it also goes to show that SEALs in Afghanistan are not being used like SEALs are being used like Rangers, which is a completely separate discussion. But it always makes me think yes. of that whenever I just use the term um, fungible. But yeah, Amazon gift, gift certificates work. Um, I wanted, Did I say thank you to Richard and Rick? Yes, yes, who sent something in via the, the P.O. box. And also the the donors who support the, the masses, or all of Ian's donors, a mass is set every single day. Um, and, of course, once a week there is the two Requiem or three, Mass. Two or three a day. That's what I, said. <laughs> I, I think I said at least one. Um, it used to be there's a mass set every day, and then I, I remember changing my, my script there to say at least one. And, and in terms of simple tricks and trying to keep the whole setup simple, I don't have that script in front of me right now, so I'm going by memory. Uh, so yes, the, also don't forget the weekly requiem at least one. Um, please pray for these priests. They, if you think uh, Anne is under attack by all the crazies who are trying to take down her website and sending her hate mail, that is nothing compared to what priests who are, who are trying to serve Jesus are going through. That's right. That's absolutely true. We love them very muchly, and um, thank you to, again to all of you for all of your support over this past year and and all the previous years and yes my my little elves have reported that at my mailbox that little little packages have been showing up in in as christmas gifts um and thank you all very much for everything um i again i i don't know what to say to convey my gratitude and accept all I can do is give back to you the greatest thing that that ever happened and ever could happen, and that is um, our Lord's sacrifice on Calvary. And so someday I hope that we can all get together in heaven and uh, shake hands and and <laughs> have a drink or whatever and, and, and be together then. But, you know, the way it is now that you just can't, you can't meet everybody and talk to everybody and so forth in the, in the earthly realm. But if we believe in all this, that we believe that we're going to see each other someday in the beatific vision. And then um, I'll be able to look, look you right in the eye, or if not right directly into your soul and thank you then in person. And um, we still have, we all still have some work to do here on earth, but um, also I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in the beatific vision. And as I mentioned at the top, we came in with a portion of the, the Vaney Vaney through, from the audio duo, or the singing duo, Duck. I'm going to play the whole thing here at the end. So until next time, possibly until next year, until next time, I am Super Nerd. And I'm Ian. Thanks, guys. God bless. Mm-hmm.